The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Judeans, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas said to Jesus, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that they may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Although it's been more than 20 years, my wife Julie vividly remembers one of her favorite youth ministry ideas. On a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters in northern Minnesota, adults and teenagers sat around a glowing campfire telling their scary stories. Now we're all familiar with scary stories about ghosts and monsters told in the dark of night. But on this trip, the group spent evenings telling stories about their scars. Because there's always a story, right? For instance, this one right here. I've got a scar right here between my thumb and forefinger. It was my first and only time needing stitches. I had been preparing for the church council meeting at my internship site. It was the first time that my uh, supervisor was going to be gone, and so I was going to be in charge for a change. And so we all know that I like to be in charge, right? <laughs> but being in charge meant that I was responsible for making the coffee. And as I opened up the coffee can, and yes, young ones, coffee used to come in a can. <laughs> The lid slipped and cut the skin deeply between my thumb and forefinger. Meeting canceled, hours in the ER. Another scar shows the time that I sliced off part of my, my pinky finger here when I was chopping onions. And of course, my biggest scar is right here across my midsection from when I gave, oh, I won't show you. <laughs> when I gave birth to my three children by C-section. We hear another scary story in today's gospel. Thomas asks to see the scars of Jesus before he can believe that Jesus is resurrected. And to me, it makes sense that he asks the question. 
We are sensory people who need to touch and taste and see and smell the resurrection, not only hear about it. Doubting Thomas, as he's been called through all, all of Christendom, gets a bad rap in this story. Maybe all he needed was a little sensory stimulation to help his unbelief. Because when he touched the wounds of Jesus, he was transformed. Thomas, I think, would have fit right in here at Holy Trinity. We are a sensory people, too. We who value the ways that we not only hear the promises of God or hear about the sacrifices and the mystery of the resurrection, but we experience the resurrection in this community of faith, especially during Holy Week and Easter. During these sacred days, we have waved palm branches high in the air, praising Jesus as the King. We have gently touched and washed the feet of a neighbor, bending down in vulnerability and love. We touched, even kissed the cross on which the salvation of the whole world is revealed. We held candles at the Easter Vigil and smelled the sweetness of burning beeswax as we gathered in darkness to hear the ancient stories of God, God bringing life out of death. The smell of spring flowers and incense in our worship space helps us to breathe in the sweetness of new life. Yes, I think Thomas would have felt right at home here at Holy Trinity, touching and tasting, smelling and seeing the resurrection in our midst. But perhaps most importantly, Thomas would have noticed that the questions are welcome here too. I can imagine Thomas, like many of you, sitting in the pews asking questions, wondering, doubting, believing, yet with so many unanswered questions. We all come to this place with our own doubts and fears, with our own hopes and expectations, and we bring to this community our own scarry stories. Not all scars are visible. Many are held deep within. Some of us have lost loved ones unexpectedly. Some of us have lost economic security or failed to get that job or promotion we'd hoped for. Some haven't had children they've longed for. Some have experienced spiritual or sexual violence. Some of our marriages are hurting. And the list goes on and on. We all carry scars, even open wounds, with us every day. And not only our personal scars, but we have systemic scars too. These scars affect us all, and often they're self-inflicted. Racism is an open wound for all of us, no matter what the color of our skin is. We who are white must see and hear multiple stories and experiences of our own black and brown siblings so that we can recognize the ways our complacency in an unjust system has wounded fellow beloved children of God. And the earth is crying out too, crying out for us to notice her wounds. Climate change isn't just an environmental issue, it is a civilization, civilization issue. It's about where our grandchildren will find clean water, about how we'll handle growing epidemics of disease, it's about hungry and thirsty people competing for scarce resources. 
And we bring to Jesus all of our woundedness, personal, communal, systemic. And Jesus sees us too, touches us, and makes us whole. As our own seminarian, Paisley Leroy, said in Bible study this past week, the thing about the resurrected Jesus is that he still had scars. Typical sermons around this story revolve around Thomas's doubt, and it's too often turned into a story to shame those who lack belief. But, she says, I think the more important aspect of this story is the fact that Jesus is still wounded. Jesus is not cured of his ailments, but is risen, despite and in spite of all of his scars. She's a good one. I think we'll keep her. <laughs> we might expect the risen one to be perfect. No scars, no wounds. Yet the risen and wounded Christ is with us and knows our deepest woundedness. And healing happens even if the scars never fade away. Our scars tell part of the story of who we are, what has mattered to us, what has happened to us, and the risks we've taken. The risen Christ comes to us with outstretched and wounded hands, saying, Peace be with you. And this is the beginning of our resurrected life, when we hear and actually take in how much God loves us and how completely we are forgiven and set free to live a new, resurrected life. And unlike the disciples in today's story, we won't huddle in fear. We will step out together as the body of Christ to greet the future with Christ's love and peace. Whatever our doubts may be, wherever we are holding back, Jesus invites us today to open ourselves up to the gift of his forgiveness and his energizing spirit. Because Jesus has faith in us and in what we can do in his name. Reach out your hand, Jesus says to Thomas and to all of us. Reach out your hand. There is so much healing that we can do, so much power to reconcile that God has given to us, so much life that we can help bring forth. The risen Christ has given us everything that we need. Today in this Eucharist, we stretch out our hands to receive the body and blood of Christ, just as Thomas stretched out his hands to touch Christ's wounds. May we be open May we open ourselves to receive the love that is stronger than death, the love that will never let us go. And may we embody that love to the world around us. Amen.